The scripture reading for today comes from the book of Lamentations, chapter 3, verses 1 through 24. I am the man who has seen affliction under the rod of his wrath. He has driven and brought me into darkness without any light. Surely against me he turns his hand again and again the whole day long. He has made my flesh and my skin waste away and broken my bones. He has besieged and enveloped with bitterness and tribulation. He has made me dwell in darkness like the dead of long ago. He has walled me about so I cannot escape. He has put heavy chains on me. Though I call and cry for help, he shuts out my prayer. He has blocked my ways with hewn stones and has made my paths crooked. He is to me like a bear, lying in wait, like a lion in hiding. He led me off my way and tore me to pieces. He has made me desolate. He bent his bow and set me as a mark for his arrow. He drove into my heart the arrows of his quiver. I have become the laughing stock of all people and burden the burden of their songs all day long. He has filled me with bitterness and he has sated me with wormwood. He has made my teeth grind on gravel and made me cower in ashes. My soul is bereft of peace. I have forgotten what happiness is. So I say, gone is my glory and my expectation from the Lord. Remember my affliction and my bitterness, the wormwood and the gall. My soul continually thinks of it and is bowed down within me. But this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The word of the Lord. Um, <laughs> lamentations. Lamentations. Uh, what can you say about lamentations? Um, well, there is a book in the Bible, right? Um, you know, I have to say, lamentations in all of my Bible reading, the Bible studying, which I which I love to do, and with all my Bible schooling. I just keep forgetting about Lamentations, you know? There's a lot of other books like that. I'm sure that you, you know, have books like that that you just sort of forget about. Like, um, oh, I'm trying to think, what's the name of those other books I can't remember? Anyway, Lamentations. Like, yeah, people, they don't really know much about Lamentations, you know? It's like, except that it's the part of the Bible, you know, that has those plastic-coated pages so you can spill on them and just wipe it right off. I wish I could, you know, I wish the same could be said of Habakkuk. <laughs> I mean, if you know what I mean. 
No, I mean, it's good that the pages of uh, Lamentations are covered with that plastic stuff. Uh, what is it? I know there's a name for it. I don't know. But yeah, it's good the pages are covered with that plastic stuff because um, this is a really sad book. This is a really sad, sad book. But, you know, it's a good thing you can just, like, cry, just wipe your tears right off, and they don't even ruin the page. Good as new. How does the city that was once so crowded sit solitary, lie deserted, lonely? How has she become a widow, this city that was once known all over the world? The queen of nations is now a slave. Once a queen, and now she has been made a slave. A slave. Each night she cries, empty, bitter tears. Her cheeks are wet with tears. She has no one to comfort her. Her former lovers have all left, and with their comfort they are gone. All her friends have betrayed her, dealt her, sold her out, and now are her enemies. That's just how it starts. That's just the beginning. The whole thing is very lamenty. The whole thing is like bleak. To lament, like the English word doesn't just express regret about a situation or loss. It's like regret plus grief, grief plus deep sorrow with like physical and audible expressions. To lament is like wailing could be involved. In Hebrew, the, mean, the word means how. How. Like how the hell... Did we end up here? Like, how could this have happened to us? Like, how could God do this to us? How? Yeah, how. It is pretty pointedly, how could God have done this to us? Also, the book of Lamentations is called the book of Lamentations because the first word in the book is how. The book has five chapters, each one a psalm, a dark, sad psalm. The book is like partly traditional city lament, mourning the desertion of the city by its God, the destruction of the city, and then ultimately the return of the divine. And it's partly a funeral dirge in which those mourners bewail and address the murdered and the slaughtered. The tone is bleak. God does not speak in the book. The degree of suffering is presented as undeserved by the sufferers, and expectations of future redemption are minimal. God bless you and good night. There are bad, these things are bad here in this. Things are bad, like end of days bad, like dystopian future bad, like after the nukes have been launched bad, like Planet of the Apes, you did it, damn you. You, damn you all to hell, and it's all God's fault. Bad.
I have suffered much, the Hebrew translation says. I am the man that has received the blows of the rod of God's wrath. God has chased me into a dark place with no light, where no light could enter. I'm the one God's punishing over and over again. Without ever stopping, God causes my skin and flesh to waste away. He crushes my bone. He attacked and surrounded me with hardship, troubles. He forced me to sit in the dark like someone long dead. God built a fence around me that I can't climb over and chained me down in that dark place. In this chapter, God thoroughly tortures the writer. You've broken my teeth with gravel. You've made my skin and flesh fall off. You've broken my bones. You've raised your hands against me again and again. Until, like verse 18, he says, I tell myself I'm finished. I can't count on the Lord to do anything for me. But then he comes around. He says, well, even though all I ever think about is my darkness and depression... I remember something that fills me with hope. The Lord's kindness never fails. If he had not been merciful, we would have been destroyed. The Lord can always be trusted to show mercy each morning. That seems like a little thin to me. It seems to me like some sort of sick relationship, like... God is torturing them, and he finally remembers. But, you know, I know he can be nice. I know he can save me. Like, this really hurts now, but I can depend on God to eventually stop beating me. Lamentations is written in exile, the Babylonian exile, which was not... Only when the conquering Babylonian armies carried away a bunch of the Judaites to make them slaves in Babylon. They did do that, but the Babylonian armies also desecrated the temple, the house where God lived. They desecrated the Holy of Holies, completely destroying the temple. They raised it to the ground, and then they raised to the ground Jerusalem, God's city. And then the people of God were brought to Babylon, and their country was a wasteland, a rubble. Wasteland of rubble and blood. Their wells were poisoned, their fields salted. It was a place where life was no longer possible. They blamed God. Why wouldn't they? It's God's house, it's God's temple, it's God's city. They are God's people. It's the promised land that God promised to them. Why wouldn't they blame God? Now, you could say, I mean, when we read it, that they have a very underdeveloped theology or simplistic understanding of God and of nature, and they could not possibly understand it in any other way. I mean, they, they think that anything that could happen only could happen if God allowed it to happen, that the real and only power there was in the world was God. So if they were beaten and they were tortured... It must be God. If their city were destroyed, that had to be God. That's just their way of looking at things. They, 
they can only think that God makes things happen, and they also still can pray to God because they think the only hope there is is God. He gives, he takes away. He punishes, he tortures, tortures, and then he spares them and gives them life. They have hope in God because that's the only hope there is. But that doesn't keep them from crying out to God. That doesn't keep them from wailing um, and crying out their accusations against God. It doesn't keep them from pleading their desperation. But as we read Lamentations now, we can see that it's not God who's doing all these things to them. It can't be God because we have, we have a, uh, a theology. We know what God is like. and We know that God is love. We know that God doesn't torture people. That they just misunderstood that the, person who was, the people who were doing all this to God's people was the dominating power of the region. The, the people, it wasn't God who had the power and tortured them and took away their land. It was the empire, the Babylonian empire. And it's the soldiers of the empire that were torturing them, not God. It would be hard for them to conceive, though, that the empire could be stronger than God. So they just figured God must be using the empire to punish them, or somehow God was cooperating with the empire. Otherwise, how, how could this be happening to them? I'm sure you've probably all noticed this. It's kind of interesting. I think that um, the most popular genre of young adult fiction is the dystopian future. It's all over the place. There's hundreds of these books. And it's almost, they almost all paint a future that is dehumanizing, where everyday life and relationships are controlled by an oppressive and sadistic power and empire. And then, of course, the protagonist and her ragtag band finally decide to fight, to do something. Kind of crazy that it's the youth, that this is something that is interesting for, for the young adults, teenagers, that they recognize maybe something that's going on that we don't. They find something meaningful and powerful in these stories, these laments about this future where they have no power, where there is oppression, where they need free, where there's some force that is keeping them from breathing, from being human. I mean... These lamentations, while they might misunderstand where the torture is coming from, are important. And it's like, we can look around, we live in a world like where all our rights are being taken away, where, where people 50 years ago would not recognize the kind of world we live in. But we don't, what do we do? We don't do anything? We, there's no lamentations for us? Is that because we're, I don't know. Where are our lamentations? How? How? How did we let you come and take away our souls? 
You promised more and cheaper food, and you fed us poison and raped our once fertile fields. You disfigured our bodies from the inside, distorting us on a genetic level, on a bacterial level. Our guts belong to you. You have taken them, and you have changed them. Our blood and the blood of our children run cold, full of your chemicals and heavy metals, lungs filled with particulates from abandoned products made to improve our lives until the body count gets too high. You've pulled our sons and our daughters, mothers and fathers into endless wars over energy or territory or pride or protection or power or perhaps for some reason more nefarious that you'll never tell us. But our soldiers, they come back brain injured, disfigured, hopeless, legless, no prospects. While your Air Force, barely, of barely children, sit in Arizona with their joysticks and screens, killing other people's children and brothers and moms across the globe, droning death on and on. How have we let you do this? You've stolen our minds with promises of information and personal power, promises of choice and fame and joy and love. And we have been possessed or we have been accessed, numbed or persuaded by the mundane disquiet, the mundane that really that you have told us is excitement and importance. And all that we have left, we give you freely, willingly, our privacy, our wants, our desires, our needs, our friends and neighbors, so that you can process them, change them to the benefit of your empire, and then reflect them back to us. Reflect back to us an image and tell us that we are looking at ourselves, that these are the answers to the questions we wanted to ask, that these are the things we desired, that these are the things that we need. You've stolen our soul and we have not noticed. We would actually prefer not to notice, prefer not to know what we've lost. Maybe that's a little bit over the top. I don't know. Just trying to lamentation. Things aren't really that bad, I don't think. Um, well, um, excuse me. You know, it could just be that while lam why lamentations in this young adult literature has so much in common, because this was an adolescent theology that we're reading in lamentation, an adolescent understanding of God, and um, yes, maybe to a teenager... The world does look like there's power beyond their control that make them do all the things that they don't want to do or can't understand. I think that's what it feels like to be a teenager. So maybe for me to just come in here and come with this lamentation about sucking our souls is a little bit immature on my part. Maybe the thing is, those are, those are adolescent understandings of the world and you grow up, right? Like, we don't lament these things because we're adults. We know how the world works, right? Or maybe it's because um, 
We don't watch our people being carried away. Maybe that's why we don't lament. Maybe it's not as clear to us that our people are being carried away, that our brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers are being taken as slaves into the empire. Maybe we don't notice. Maybe um, our, like, dystopian future is not going to look like some big fiery holocaust, but more like that whole, like, frog in the pot of water thing. That the water still feels kind of pleasant. Still feels nice. I don't know. You know those books, those um, young adult books? Like the end when they actually eventually throw over the empire or whatever? Those aren't the, that's not the exciting part of the book. It's the part where they first recognize what's going on. When they first see how their lives are being controlled. And they first decide to stand up and do something. That's the best part of those young adult books. So we can live on, maybe, the way we are as mature adults. Live on into this future where our profiles will never be deleted. Or maybe, maybe we could just ask why. Maybe when you notice, when you wail, maybe that releases some kind of mercy in the world. Maybe that calls for some help, some way that we can be transformed. Maybe if we lament, God will hear us. And God will send something to transform us, to save us. Because we're not going to get saved. I'm sorry.